Welcome to JAG Talk, a podcast series featuring Navy JAG community experts. Listen to in-depth discussions about different legal fields and hear insights and lessons learned from practitioners across our enterprise. Chapter 31, Public Service Loan Forgiveness, a JAG Community Success Story. Welcome to a new podcast, Public Service Loan Forgiveness, a JAG Community Success Story. For those who are not aware, the Public Loan Forgiveness Program, or PSLF, forgives the remaining balance of one's student loans after 120 months of public qualifying public service and payments. Uh, it's absolutely vital to JAG community recruitment and retention. I'm Captain Tom Leary, the Director of Code 61, the Military Personnel Branch at OJAG Headquarters, and I'm joined today by Lieutenant Commander Nick Grusin, one of our professional development officers serving at Rilso Northwest. Uh, he is our success story. His student loans were recently forgiven. Uh, he is one of the JAG community's first PSLF success stories, and we're going to take this opportunity to discuss his JAG Corps journey, the PSLF process. Uh, and tips and lessons learned in his experience. Uh, let's ki- uh, kick some things off with our, our first question. Uh, Nick, if you could uh, briefly uh, talk about um, your journey into the JAG Corps, where you went to law school, and uh, and in particular, how much uh, law school debt you uh, you found when you entered into the JAG Corps. Uh, good morning, sir. Um, so I uh, came into the JAG Corps through the student program, like uh, I think many others, um, and I applied after my first year of law school. Um, I actually, when I went into the uh, into law school, my initial intent wasn't to, or hadn't really been thinking about the JAG Corps or uh, or Naval Service, um, but I had a, a relative who was in the JAG Corps and had mentioned it to me, um, and so he kind of uh, introduced me to it, um, answered some questions. Um, one thing led to another, and application um, was submitted, um, and I joined in 2007. Uh, before uh, finishing out the rest of law school. So was that uh, was that? Let me just interrupt there for a second. No, was sir. that before the uh, be- before PSLF came into effect, or yes, sir. Right I on actually, the had, yes, I, I had applied um, before PSLF even even existed. Um, I hadn't actually even heard about the program um, until uh, until after I joined the JAG Corps. Um, so maybe I'm unique from some of our other uh, newer judge advocates coming in. Um, but uh, I had I had applied before PSLF existed, so for me it was um, it kind of a bonus. And uh, how much debt did you have when you joined the JAG Corps? Uh, coming into the JAG Corps, it was about at a hundred and two hundred and four uh, thousand, and when uh, PSLF actually took effect, it was at about a hundred and twenty thousand. Um, and as many people know, um, if you're only making interest payments. Um, your debt can balloon, um, you know, over those ten years if you're using something like a pay-as-you-earn or, or income-based repayment. So, it's, is it fair to say then that the, uh, the, uh, the the because the program did not exist when you joined, the uh, the amount of your debt was not a, a direct impact on your decision to join the JAG Corps. That's correct, sir. Um, so, uh, fast forward a couple of years when PSLF comes online. Um, how did you hear about the program, and, and what steps did you initially take to uh, t- to get into the program and, and start taking advantage of it? Sure. Well, actually, I heard about the program through a, a friend who's a financial advisor sometime probably in the summer of 2008. Um, oddly enough, if people that think back to the summer of 2008, that is kind of when the, uh, the economy had collapsed. Um, and so this program kind of had gone into effect the prior fall 
um, and there really wasn't that much information out there about it. But um, from what I was able to gather through um, articles um, and, some, and some research, um, I realized it's something that, that probably I would like to pursue and, or at least um, start down the path toward. Um, so I consolidated just before uh, my ODS class, uh, late summer, early fall. Um, and, it, and that was one of those things that if somebody hadn't pointed it out to me early on, um, I probably wouldn't have found out about it and I wouldn't have known um, to consolidate into um, direct student loans from what was a mishmash of uh, different government loans that actually probably didn't qualify. So was the advice from your financial advisor key in, in getting you into the right uh, type of loan to qualify for PSLF? Yeah, absolutely, sir. Um, I mean, he he was basically the person that, that kind, of, uh, kind of triggered it, um, and then I started looking into it more. Um, and that is it's kind of one of those themes that um, has carried through through the ten years is that you really you can't just take what you what you hear um, either in the news or even from the people you're talking to on the phone at face value. You have to you have to dig. You've got to read some of the fine print. Um, you've got to look at the paperwork they provide you and, and make sure that that marries up with what with what you're being told either on the phone or what you're reading in the papers. Yeah, that that might be a, a, a good time to segue into the uh, the recent NPR uh, spot that that appeared about uh, I would say maybe two weeks ago in, in mid July of uh, 2019. Um, and I know we talked about that that spot uh, where uh, teachers union is suing a number of uh, organizations for um, essentially you know running their aspect of the PSLF program uh, to a substandard level. Um, what would you say, assuming you know that that is uh, that there's any merit to their arguments, you know, kind of what is what's your assessment of the the best way to avoid the pitfalls and and concerns that uh, those plaintiffs may be experiencing? Sure. Um, just you know, reading through, I, I listened to the NPR segment and then went back and, re- and read the article. Um, and one of the things that that I noticed um, was that some of the borrowers in that story um, had waited um, until they were late into their process to, to certify for the first time. Um, they had spoken to some people on the phone, but um, they they weren't doing the regular certification process and then following that up with a phone call and also following it up with um, a review of your, of your online um, uh, MyFedLoan uh, account to, to see that, hey, after you recertify, once they say you've certified, you need to make sure that your, your payments, like your qualifying payments are ticking up. Um, so they should be jumping up by anywhere from 10 to 12 each year that you that you recertify. Um, and, and that's one of those things that, that I didn't see in, in the article, um, that there wasn't that continuous, regular follow-up every few months. Um, and it, it kind of, in my mind, you know, a 10 to 15-minute phone call um, once a month is, is worth what was basically, you know, $1,000 a month. Sure, yeah. Um, can you uh, describe the, uh, the recertification process from your experience? Sure. So um, it's the standard recertification form. Um, I know there's different commands do it differently. Sometimes XOs will uh, certify, sometimes COs. Um, for me, I use the mishmash of uh, commanding officers and uh, division directors um, and then my uh, uh, section head when I was at Department of Justice. Um, you really just need um, somebody who can certify that you work where you say you work um, and has a phone, a phone number that works and a number that they answer um, so that if there is follow-up, um, they can call that person directly. Yeah, so that's a great point. 
Um, now you're, you're, uh, you know, 10, 10, 12 years into your career. Um, have you taken advantage of judge advocate continuation pay at, at any point along the line? I did. Um, I, I think I just applied and received the third, the third installment. Um, so it, it, uh, I've been doing it at pretty, pretty regular intervals. Um, and you know, the process was smooth and that's, that's been great. But, um, I, one of the kind of, I don't want to say downside, but one of the drawbacks of continuation pay, if you're pushing toward PSLF, um, is that it has the effect of in, dramatically increasing your monthly payments for, um, what is essentially the year after the taxable year after which you, you receive the continuation pay. Um, so, you know, obviously it was more dramatic for the first installment, which is 30000 um, But still, you know, in a, a jump of thirty to $15,000 um, on your taxable income can have a dramatic effect on those that are doing either income contingent, income-based, or pay-as-you-earn. Um, I've heard – I never did pay-as-you-earn, and I've heard from, from others that it's not as dramatic um, of, a, of an increase for, the, for those folks, um, but it's still something. Um, and that's one of those things that, you know, in an ideal world, if I could have deferred my continuation pay until until after PSLF, um, that would have been a a, uh, a huge advantage. Um, and understanding that there's all kinds of uh, administrative hurdles to for something like that to happen, um, but that would be that would be kind of an ideal outcome. Sure, no, that's a great point, Nick. And uh, as the Code 61 Division Director, will uh, we, we've certainly heard that point made. Um, from from other judge advocates, the impact of judge advocate continuation pay on the on the income based repayments, and, uh, and and you know we're at the very early stages of taking a look at that and seeing if there may be a a, a different or better way to uh, uh, to construct a judge advocate continuation pay, but uh, but you know, certainly more work to be done on that. Um, but but a point well made. Great. That's great. Um, great one one question. Uh, Regarding uh, maintaining records, um, in particular with with you know kind of everything online these days, uh, what, you know what were some some best practices that you found over the course of your 120 months uh, in terms of in terms of maintaining your records and being able to have some uh, documentation to fall back on or refer back to? Yeah, record management is is pretty key. Um, I kind of thought about records in two different tiers. Um, the best and most uh, persuasive records are the ones that um, the Department of Education or your loan servicer are providing to you, um, and so you know those are those are kind of your your um, top tier um, of evidence uh, when you're when you're fighting with them over payments. Um, your your second best are probably things like bank records um, or payment stubs, uh, where you can show, hey, um, if they're saying you don't you didn't qualify for a particular month, um, if you can fall back on your personal bank records that say, hey. Um, you know, I made a, I made this payment to this entity on this date, um, and you can you can show that to them. Um, that that made a huge difference um, for me in the last year, where I had requested an uh, an account review um, with the anticipation that you know public loan uh, forgiveness was coming up within a year. Um, they pushed back and said I was missing payments, um, and I was able to to go back to them with bank records um, and and kind of you know a couple tips with regard to bank records. Um, one make um, requests from your bank if you if you're if you're going to ask those records, ask for them at least two or three times over the ten years. Um, banks are only required to maintain um, those financial records for about seven years. Um, and so if you're waiting to the nine or, or ten year mark, you're going to you're going to be losing um, records that uh, may have existed for your you know years one through three. 
Um, so if you're making your records requests, make them at like the five-year mark and the nine-year mark. Um, and also, if you can, um, use the same bank and bank account to make your student loan forgiveness payments or your student loan payments over the 10 years. Um, so for me, I just set up a bank that I had used since I was in high school. Um, the only thing I used this account for was uh, student loan forg- or student loan payments. Um, so the money would go in and it would come out. Um, and it was very easy for me to, to print off the records um, and request the records and show each month what was being paid um, because it was the only thing going in and out. Um, and these days, you can, you, know, you can set up a checking account for next to nothing. I mean, so for me, it was worth it. And uh, are you, have you uh, seen or, or had the opportunity to see the, uh, the SharePoint page that, that describes a number of uh, PSLF best practices on the, yes. on the OGI uh, be- website? Yes, sir. Um, and a lot of those were things that I, that I had been doing, and so they, those are great tips, um, particularly for our new judge advocates coming in. Um, I mean, if, if there's a way to send that or get that in front of our um, new accessions before they even before they even go to ODS, so that they're thinking about these things, um, so that they're doing things like reconsolidating into the right program, they're setting up the bank account, um, so they're really really getting their their cards in order. Once you have that, once those things are set, um, there's a lot less work to be done at the 10-year mark uh, when you're when you're kind of behind the you're behind the curve, um, and so that SharePoint site does have great stuff, and there's some really good templates on there. Um, I know Lieutenant Commander Austin had, had put some templates up um, about if you are um, if you are you're disputing uh, payments. Um, here's some letters that you can send to Department of Education. I think there's one you can send to your congressman. Um, and so those were those are great resources. And, and I've really um, oddly enough, I've, I've kind of taken some of those and shown, uh, shared them with my friends that are in state and local government um, because there's just great they're they're great resources. Now, as a uh, as a current serving PDO in Northwest, um, you you may have had the opportunity to kind of compare and contrast your, your posture when you uh, began taking advantage of PSLF and and our first tour judge advocates as they're uh, thinking about taking advantage of PSLF. How would you assess the the kind of relative knowledge level? Are, are our first tour judge advocates coming in kind of better prepared? With a with a better understanding of what type of loan to consolidate into and so forth. Yes, sir. Absolutely. I mean, the the level of of, of knowledge or of, of awareness of the folks coming in now versus what it was during my first tour or second tour, um, it's 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 night and day. Um, I think it's probably a result of all the negative news stories out there um, so that folks are really pushing um, to make sure that they're they're taking care of this stuff right when they come in. Um, but it. it What's I don't want to say I don't know if it's scary or surprising, um, but look for me when I would tell my parents about you know how much loan, how much debt I had uh, to pay for law school, um, they're blown away. It was more than it was more than their first mortgage on their first home, um, and so I thought that was astronomically high. Now you know you're talking to folks coming in um, and they've got they've got debt that's even higher than what I had, um, sometimes by magnitudes of you know ten to twenty to, to fifty thousand, um, and so. I mean, this is this is stressful, large amounts of money that a lot of people that went straight from high school to college to, to law school, um, you never really dealt with those sums of money before, and it can seem a little overwhelming. Um, I know it. You know, just talking to some of our our first tours out here, um, it's something that's on their mind. Um, but if they can 
Now, if they can get a plan in place early on, um, it kind of takes that stress off of them. Yeah, it's a, uh, a great point. Um, I'd like to turn kind of to the personal side for a second, if, if I may, and, and just ask you to, to uh, describe the importance of the PSLF program to you as an individual and, and, and as a member of your family. Um, sure. what, what, what kind of a difference has it made for you? Yeah, it, it, uh, so my wife is, is very good with uh, financial planning, um, and this is, um, this is one of our big items on this year's financial plan. Um, and when we were kind of setting setting it up back in January, uh, we hadn't really thought about it. But you know, student loan forgiveness um, kicked in at about the same time that we started saving for our uh, our new son's uh, uh, college fund. So um, I got this is the opportunity to give a shout out to George. Hey, George, you probably won't be able to listen to this, but that's okay. Um, but uh, we've now transitioned from basically using my that money for to pay off my student loans from the past to you know putting it a, a little bit of it away. Um, to pay pay for his school in the future, um, and you know it also for you know for other folks that may want to use it for a uh, uh, a mortgage, um, or if you want to buy a home, um, you know taking six figures of debt off of off of the books um, just does wonderful things for for your credit score and your debt to income ratio when you're when you're maybe looking for that large home purchase. And how about from a career perspective? Uh, has it has it made an impact on your uh, on your on your intent to serve with the JAG Corps? Yes, sir. Um, it, you know, as I mentioned before, I I, I joined before uh, the before PSLF was even a thing, so it, it turned out to be kind of a bonus. Um, but it it was nice to you know, as you know, some people say they you know they take their career one tour at a time. Um, you know, I was looking toward that that 10 year goal in the back of my mind that, Hey, this is, you know, this is something that's there. Um, it's, you know, it's looming on the horizon. And now that I've, now that I've gotten there, um, you know, it's kind of the opportunity, you know, take a fix, reorient, um, say, say what's next. But for me, there's still a couple other goals that I have in mind, um, for, for the Navy career. And so, um, it takes a huge stress off and allows me to move ahead in my personal life. Um, but professionally, um, there's still there's still some more things I want to do. Um, but you know that being said, other others may have um, different plans. Um, but you know this this just it really makes it easier um, for people to to you know think about their life um, out beyond that 10 year mark. Um, and, it, and it comes quickly. Uh, I was I was shocked looking um, looking at uh, you know the pay stubs when I you know when I hit that you know the over 10 year. Uh, Mark, um, and it, it 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 came faster than I thought it would. Well, as the uh, as the officer who uh, is responsible for, among other things, uh, retention programs within the the JAG Corps, I'm certainly glad that uh, we were able to retain you, and that PSLF was uh, was an integral part of of that decision making. Um, so the last one I'm going to ask you is, you know, kind of, you, let's say you're uh, you're in an elevator with uh, three first door judge advocates. Uh, you're riding up from the ground floor to the seventh floor, so you've got that much time to give them um, best practices uh, and tips for a successful run through the 120 months of PSLF. Um, what do you tell them? Sir, well, I'd, I'd say there's basically three points that you really need to think about. Number one is you're early on that, you know, get consolidated um, and get your automatic payment set up. That way you're, you know you're not going to miss a payment um, each month. Um, two is to regularly monitor and maintain your records. Um, make sure that you have everything you need. 
um, so that at the 10-year mark, you're not going to be fighting with a loan servicer um, over missed payments. Um, and three, when you're at the nine-year mark, put a request in for um, a full account review. Uh, this was this was for me a game changer uh, because I you know my payments jumped from um, 92 to 118, um, but that process took uh, basically a full year. Um, I put it in in March of 2018, and it wasn't until March of 2019 um, that that process completed, um, and, and it and it helped. I mean that was that was the difference maker for me at the end. Um, I, it kind of a little bonus for me was that. The, after the Department of Education did their review, um, they came back and said I had made overpayments, um, and they actually ended up sending me a check um, for uh, what they thought were my were my overpayments. So it's kind of it's kind of like a little bonus um, at the end of what was already uh, a, a pretty great um, a pretty great payoff, a great program. Well, Lieutenant Commander Nick Grusin, congratulations on on successfully completing. Um, your student loan payments via the PSLF program. Um, I suspect that you have made yourself one of the JAG Corps' uh, go-to officers now for questions from uh, junior and senior folks alike looking to assist uh, in, in uh, navigating the, the process, um, and it's, it's great to have you on the team. Um, for everyone else out there, uh, this concludes our podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us, and if you have any questions about PSLF, um, please contact Code 61 uh, or any one of the uh, growing number of officers uh, in our company who are successful navigators of the PSLF program. That's all from here. You have been listening to JAG Talk, a podcast series featuring Navy JAG community experts. Visit jag.navy.mil for additional chapters of this podcast series. Thank you for tuning in.